What's up, peeps? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's your boy, ex-NFLer turned yogi, Eben Britton. It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day we have before us. Today's episode is a really fun one. It's a add-on. It's a evolution of last week's episode, Life as Ritual. We're getting weird, y'all. Get weird is the title of this podcast. We dive into a book I recently finished, a book my brother has read, called It's Here Now, Are You? A Spiritual Memoir by Bhagavan Das. Bhagavan Das is the young guru who brought Ram Das to his guru way back when, which started the whole fucking thing. It, it It's fucking... I think you'll get a lot out of it. It's a lot of fun. It's really incredible, insightful, full of wisdom. I absolutely love it. You'll hear more in this episode. I recommend the book. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So you can just purchase it. Click, link, purchase, all the good stuff. This episode of the podcast brought to you by my brothers and sisters at Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers state-of-the-art supplements, y'all. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you like me and you've spent your life waking up throughout the night, three o'clock in the morning, the witching hour, the God is calling, the moon is calling you, or you just got to go pee, let the dogs out, whatever it might be. You wrestle, you're restless, you're rolling around. You know how it is. I've been there myself. Sleep is the most important thing we can optimize to optimize our mental and physical health and well-being. The number one, one of the greatest supplements we can take to help with our sleep is magnesium. Magnesium is a profound mineral. It's responsible or involved in over 200 processes in the human body. That's serious. That's science. It's great for toning our nervous system, getting us out of the sympathetic, the fight or flight state, and into the parasympathetic nervous state, into that rest and digest. Their product, Bioptimizer's product, Magnesium Breakthrough, is the best magnesium supplement on the market. It's a beautiful blend of seven variations of the magnesium molecule, to give you a holistic supplement that really helps you just totally chill down. I'm a huge fan of it. And now, through this podcast, click the link in the show notes, magbreakthrough.com forward slash ebb and flow. Follow the prompts to get 10% off your next order. Highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite supplements that I take right now. I don't take many, but this is one that I live by. Check it out. Get into it. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers at magbreakthrough.com forward slash ebb and flow for 10% off your next order. All right, y'all. That's about it. I love you guys. Have an epic rest of your day. Enjoy this podcast and get weird, y'all. Love. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission 
access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. All right, y'all. Here we are. Back in the mix, getting weird. Title of this episode is Get Weird, y'all. Building off of last week's Life as Ritual, now we're going to really fucking get weird. I'm here once again with my brother, Augustus Britton. Hello. Gus, good to be with you. It's good to be here. Thank you. I'm hot out of yoga. Just ate some steak, some squash. Feeling juiced. How was the yoga? It was very challenging. Was it? Yeah. Hot yoga, 26 and 2, formerly known as Bikram. I love it. I really love it. Uh, Today was particularly difficult for whatever reason. I felt like I was all over the place mentally. I've been pretty worn out, though, since last week I finished the final edits of my book, got those to my publisher. I feel like I've been a little bit creatively hung over for the last week and a half. Yeah. That's good, man. Good to get in there. Good to flush it out. Yeah. It's never, um, that class is never not a, uh, just a. I don't know, there's certain things in life that you do and you never come out feeling worse. Exercising. Mm. Meditating. What do you mean, never come out feeling worse? You always come out feeling better. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're usually the things that are challenging. Yeah. Which is interesting. What do you come out of feeling worse? Drinking alcohol? Yes. What else? Um, Lustful sexual encounters. Mm, Mindless sexual encounters. Bad food. Shitty food, yeah. Bad television. Social media. Not always. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've turned a corner. Because I like seeing, I like seeing, I, I scroll very little, but I like seeing, you know. When certain people throw positivity at the wall of it. Yeah. Or throw sure. throw um things. Yeah. It's true. There's a lot of good out there. Twitter for me is a complete hellscape. Oh, see, I'm not on Twitter at all. <laughs> Twitter's a complete hellscape. I have not been on Twitter like don't ever. No what? reason. I, I don't know how that completely missed me totally Good. missed me i don't even want to be on it i I, di- I dip a toe in throw up an inspirational quote or some breathing exercise why do we need twitter if we know. have instagram why do we need any of it yeah it's all just a fucking 
Twitter is the cesspool of people just spewing their their shit into the world. It's just complete. There's no. There needs to be like a vetting of the tweets. It's yeah. just insanity. Yeah, that's impossible though. Um. Well. Getting weird. Getting weird. I just finished the book, man. It's here now. Are you by Bhagavan nice. Das? Spiritual memoir. Incredible fucking story. It's Catcher in the Rye goes to India, basically. This, and then comes back to America. This is almost like a book book club of that, but not. Yeah. The book was super inspiring, God-inducing. Pretty mind-blowing. You didn't really tell me how you felt when he gets back to America and he's like going back and forth to Hawaii and he's selling cars and <laughs> selling encyclopedias and selling insurance and then like the young girl. How about the thing where he gets involved with the young girl and she, they go to the party in Hollywood and she totally is, she took so much peyote and then it hit her like a week later. Yeah. And she wouldn't stop basically going completely insane. Yeah. This is, I mean that whole, yeah, dude, it was so intense. It was really just, I feel like, like we talked about it yesterday. I feel like the story is very reminiscent of going to the NFL and then coming out of that and having no clue who you are, totally losing yourself in the material malaise which is something we'll get into because that word's been coming up a lot. And completely losing yourself, losing your mind even, because you're like halfway into being completely surrendered, but not all the way through yet to the point where you've completely detached from all of the material traps so you get caught up in it and then you're straddling these two worlds you're straddling the material and the ethereal and that gets really weird and exhausting don't you think yeah it does like the scene where so Bhagavan Das he's the young guru he's the young Young guru, you could use that word for him for sure. He's the reluctant guru. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really want to be a guru at all. Is how it it really came off to me. Yeah. He just wanted to, he's he's still alive. It, It occurs to me that he wanted his whole life to be in devotion to God or the divine mother, Kali. Ram, his guru, Neem Karoli Baba. And I don't think he had any interest in being a guru for people. No, he says that. He says he doesn't. Yeah. So for for anybody that doesn't have any idea what we're talking about, you've probably, the main cultural touch point here, you've probably heard of Ram Das. If you haven't heard of Ram Das, 
um, you know, certainly listen to Ramdas. He's he's incredible, incredible spiritualist. But Bhagavan Das, who we're talking about, who wrote this book, It's Here Now Are You, he is the person that Ramdas found before he was Ramdas when he was Richard Alpert. He was looking all over India doing experiments basically to see if he could find somebody that would that was enlightened and he wasn't finding anybody he found high beings but he wasn't finding anybody that was enlightened and then one day he goes to this cafe in tibet and this person walks in and he just gets this feeling that this person knows and the person is um bhagavan das and Bhagavan Das then takes Ram Das, who wasn't Ram Das yet, to their guru. Yeah. Yeah, he leads him to Neem Karoli. All right, here we are. Had to take a moment. Yeah. With the dogs. Okay. So this book, dude, this this book is really the inspiration to me of getting weird. You got to get weird, man. We're all trapped in this material malaise. You look around you, you see the people. We're dying. The material malaise, it's like it's like this soulless glaze that's come over people. You were talking about it last night, Gus, going outside and there's no one on the fucking streets. The streets are silent. They're dead. Where is everybody? Where's the energy? Where's the life? The material malaise. Is our life really just about the party on Saturday night? The shopping trips, the buying the stuff, the consuming the shit? That life to me sounds boring as fuck. Yeah. That sounds boring as fuck. That's the material malaise. Yeah, there's a lot to get into with it. So I want to read this because this was super inspiring. This book, I blazed through this. I don't know if I've ever read a book. I know. So Isn't fast. that interesting? You can really, I really flew through it too. Yeah. And then other books you read and you're like, die. It's like one page. You've, yeah. you've read a page <laughs> in like 25 minutes. I don't it's know like, what, what that, happened. It's, it's kind of like, because he's a very simple writer. Yeah. It's super simple. It's beautiful, man. It's so, you're just, you step, you get on the wave and you just ride this thing all the way in. So Bhagavan Das, it's here now, or you? This guy was fucking epic, man. Formerly known, born as Michael Riggs in Laguna Beach, California. Arriving in India in 1964 was like walking into a concert that had been playing for 5,000 years with 700 million people in the band. Fuck, I love that opening line. It was the most densely populated place I'd ever been in. No empty space, just masses of human bodies. As I got off the train in Amritsar, the entry point into the country, an ocean of curious eyes stared at me, a 6'5 blonde American teenager. The smell of sweat and urine, the screaming babies and the gibberish of Indian languages disoriented me so badly that I squeezed my eyes shut, trying to close it all out. <laughs> I didn't have the energy to brush away the flies sitting on my face. If God were to give us a half hour in our lives during which we could live without breathing, I would have taken mine then. Wow. I love that, dude. 
I love this book, man. This book is really about recognizing God in everything. Like we were talking about last week on Life is Ritual. Mm -hmm. Because that's his whole trip. That's what this entire book is inspired, has inspired in me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the prayer. It's not the meditation. It's every single breath, every single moment, every fucking thing you look at, everything you do. God, recognize God in every single thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the spiritual gurus are talking about. That's what the monks are talking about. Well, that's the non-dual existence. Right. Where you're not separate from God. Yes. You know, the dual existence, which I don't exactly know what religions or spiritual practices I'm still trying to navigate into which ones um, adhere to a dual, a duality. I mean, like Christianity... I believe is one where it's God is out there and then we worship God as opposed to God is in everything. You're God, I'm God. It's like Ramdas tells that great metaphor, that metaphorical story it was a true story about his brother. And I wish he would talk a little bit more about it because I'm curious what actually ended up happening to, happening to his brother. Oh, but his yeah. brother kind of went nuts so to speak and ended up in an in an asylum i don't know if he died there or if that's how long or how long he was there for but ramdas went to visit him and his brother like started thinking he was jesus now which i find so interesting about how they were both spiritual him and his brother yeah so it shows you that it's kind of it's an epigenetic deal, and you should mm. you should tell your Bhagavad Gita thing that you told me yesterday after this. He oh, yeah, he I, I pulled that. Yeah, he, he said that he went to visit his brother, and he was in Ramdas was in all white, his white sari, his 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 you know Hindu outfit, looking like a holy man with a beard, etc. He goes and visits his brother in the asylum. His brother's got a suit on. And before he leaves, they basically say, um, you know, his brother says, well, I'm Jesus. And Ramdas says, well, see, I think you're Jesus and I'm also Jesus. And that's kind of the problem that you've made yourself Jesus, but I don't get to be Jesus also. Mm. Meanwhile, I look, I look quote unquote materially insane to the, to the mass culture. Cause I'm in this white robe with a giant beard and yeah. Meanwhile, you're in a suit, but you're in the asylum. Right. It's such a funny, yeah, funny cast of characters in a play of yeah. spirituality there. Yeah. It's kind of a tangent on the duality thing, but. No. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to read a, another segment where we get into that, too. Um. Well, isn't that the difference talking about the duality and the non-duality of of religion or spirituality? Because in India, Alan Watts talks about this, Ramdas talks about it all the time. In India, someone comes to this realization and, and starts walking through the streets going, I'm God. Everyone around them goes, oh, good. You figured it out finally. Yeah. 
But in America, you start running through the streets going, I'm God, and they want to throw you in an insane asylum. Yeah. You go, what's wrong with that dude? Right. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And that was really that story that Ram Dass tells about his brother, because his brother, he's in there seeing his brother, and the therapist has like let him in for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And he says, like Ram Dass' brother says to him, like, hey, man. They don't get it. I'm God. Yeah. And I said, I, and Ramda says, I know you are, man. I am too. It's just, I don't go around telling people. That. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. And therefore you're in here and I'm, <laughs> I look like the way I do. I'm wearing yeah. a dress and a beard. Yeah. And I'm walking around free as a bird. Right. Um, but I've been doing this thing. I think in this this episode, we're just going to kind of weave in and out. We're going to go in and out into the book, out of the book, and we're going to talk about some things, how I have gotten really weird in my life lately. I have these little, I have all my little icons. I've got my Ganesh. I've got um, a green man. Green man is the symbol of the spirit of nature of Mother Earth. It's interesting how the Mother Earth spirit has been manifested or twisted into this icon of the green man which is right by my desk i've got this incredible labradorite skull i've got buddhas i've got all sorts of stuff and what i've been doing every time i go on a walk i collect pieces of lavender or flowers that have fallen and i bring them back to my icons yeah, that's beautiful to my statues as little offerings yeah your murti murtis yeah and and I feel the energy building. That's awesome. I love that. I feel the energy growing in these things. Right. They're almost like they've become my muses. They've become yeah. my my protectors, my guardians. They when I've di- when I dive in to write my book or to write anything really, I acknowledge these deities of my life, these spirits, these guardians, these ancestral beings. In my life, I acknowledge them. I open myself up to the divine wisdom of the universe and I begin my work. And all of a sudden, it's just like I'm I'm this vehicle for God, for the universe to pour through information, the divine truth, the divine message that's meant to come from the source through this vehicle known as Eben onto the page, into somebody's ears, into their mind. To transform them in some specific way. Because guys, I've tried the thing where I tell you, I I, tr- I find the golden nugget of truth that's going to be the key that unlocks the door for everybody to find their way. I've tried and I've gone, guys, look, this is it. This is where we got to go. And you only go there if you want to go. I can't drag you there. I can't hold it in front of your face and convince you of shit. I can't. <laughs> I realized that over the last like year and a half. I just can't. Well, just do it for yourself. Then. I know. That's <laughs> it. That's why I just do it for me. I don't give a fuck. I mean, come if you want. Don't do the thing. It's interesting. Watch the TV. Yeah. It's interesting. The parallel between the artist and the spiritualist, because the kiss of death as an artist is creating the work for somebody else yeah you know i've noticed this particularly with my newsletter in the early stages of my newsletter and i'm sure you've 
you're you're it seems like you're basically saying the same thing with your podcast if i'm ever creating the material out of the energy of who am i pleasing here are people going to like this in the, the it, it's never going to work it's never going to it's going to be phony in the same way you end up phony holy if you if you're doing your spiritual work you basically end up like like Ramdas brother in a way right. not to take not to take his spiritual inventory but the spiritual it, it, it it's like um it's like the Jesus thing i what is it i am the way what what is it again jesus said i am the way he never said this is the way yeah so come hang out if you want <laughs> Take yeah. it or leave it if yeah. you want. Yes. Yes. And I think when you when you start, I think it's also why we have such a crypt, kryptonite-like reaction to God in America is because it's been the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. It's become, if you don't do this, you're done. Yeah. Or if you don't you're do this, person. yeah, you're, you're out. to hell. Which immediately creates friction and separation. Which is something really beautiful about the truth of God and what he really gets at in this book and the truth of the spirit. Dude, it's like it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? It doesn't matter if you believe it, if you do it, if you pray, if you meditate, if you're fucking... Watching porn, going to the strip clubs, drinking alcohol, smoking all the cigarettes, the drug, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. It's all, like, God is in every single thing. But what do you mean it doesn't matter? Whether you want it or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because you're going to the same thing anyway. You're on your way there. There's a million paths to the top of the mountain. Yeah, but see, this is interesting. It's interesting you brought this up because actually I was reading Sadhguru's karma book. And the one thing, one thing that jumped out at me about karma, he said, spiritual seekers just want to expedite the process. Mm. Spiritual seekers, people that practice spirituality are just, are just, they want to speed up the process of finding God or releasing karma or whatever it is. Mm. So like you say, Eb, right. It takes it. You're going to get to the top of the mountain regardless, but however many times you die and however many bodies you leave for people to step over to get to the top yeah. is your decision. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it might not be in this lifetime. But you're going to gain whatever lessons you need to gain on your way there through whatever the fuck it is this time. Right. Like he says it in here all the time. A number of times. He says, if money is your trip, if power is your trip, that's your God. Do that. Find your God in that. Just do it. Well, isn't it funny you're talking about the Mortys and how about the how about the point where he throws the Mortys off the bridge? I know. He <laughs> takes all of these incredible artifacts that he's yeah. gathered 
yeah. through his time in India and Tibet and meeting with the monks and the gurus. Yeah. And he fucking gets rid of all of it because he becomes a born again Christian. But that goes back to what we've been talking about, how the method takes you where the method needs right. to take you. And then you flow with the next method. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Dude, exactly. I might be a Sufi in a year. <laughs> I haven't even got into my Sufi literature yet. I might have you out in the desert doing fire dances nude with a fucking there, with a fucking uh, rosemary fucking crown on your skull. I'm there, you know what brother. I mean? I'm there, dude. We don't even know. I know. He has these incredible stories of swimming in the river Ganges. Yeah. And how he would get up three o'clock every morning, do his chanting and meditating, jump in the river Ganges swim dead bodies would float up next to him and he said he was never scared he Uh felt like he was in the flow of god he was with god he was with the divine mother when he was in there here's another thing i think is beautiful whatever blessing you ask for is the blessing you will get if you look at your guru as god you get the blessing of god if you see your guru as a human being you get the blessing of a human being Whatever the guru is to you is what the guru is. This is such a profound point, yet it is often overlooked because it's right in front of your face. My mind was always overriding my emotions. There's more here. There's secret mantras I need to know. My guru isn't teaching me enough. The Tibetans have the answer. I'll find it with the Tibetans. The key to spiritual enlightenment is solitude. You're there with yourself, with the loneliness and all the feelings you feel. All you've got is the name of God. Is it enough? How do you make it enough? Is there more? Mm. And then this was one of my favorites. You don't need TVs or movies or gossip or cocktail parties when your inner world is activated. You're so filled with stillness that there's no room for mental agitation. But as I would later find out, most people don't have the luxury of nurturing their inner life 24 hours a day without distractions. Even in India, where I did have this luxury, it was inevitable that my concentration would slip and my inner dialogue would start chattering. How do you make friends with the inner dialogue? Through meditation, prayer, and constant repetition of your mantra. These are practices we all need to participate in. But the majority of us don't. We don't realize how powerful we are in affecting all creation with our feelings. Once people realize what an impact their feelings have on the atmosphere around them, they can become a living prayer wheel. Guys, I just got to (laughs) say, we are so blessed. Eb. Yeah. Everybody that's listening to this, This is my brother's podcast, but everybody that's listening to this, I would really encourage you to buy this book. Yeah. This is maybe it's the most, I say maybe because I just, I, I don't, you know, I don't know, covering bases, but this is maybe the most powerful book I've ever read. Yeah, dude. It's the most humble Funny, spiritually alive. Yeah. I was getting blown back by the energy 
by the Shakti throughout this book. Yeah. There were waves of like some deep recognition reading this book. Yeah. It's so heavy. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Cause you think when you hear a spiritual memoir and talking about India and meditation and prayer and doing all this shit, you think that it's going to be some sort of like puritanical. If you don't be a good person, you're not going to get to heaven type thing. Mm. But this is so much rooted in the humanity of it. Like how much sex he was having and all the girls and all the drugs and just totally fucking losing himself. Yeah. In the spiritual rock stardom. Yeah. You know what I... I I was thinking of this in my... um, in my uh, newsletter, I wrote, I have interviewed gurus and read many books about or written by, quote, fully realized beings. The beings I resonate most with are the ones that express their innate humanity, the ones that do not deny their foibles. Yes, the foibles become smaller and more navigable as, or, or they get better at doing their spiritual karate but they don't deny their multifaceted and sometimes horrifyingly challenging experience as a human being. I feel safe with people that tell the truth and allow my current flowering to be in the same way. I wish to do the same for them. Like the humanity of this book. Yeah. Yeah. So deep, man. Marked a bunch of pages, but I can't really figure out what I was doing. There's so much good stuff. So we've we've brought up this thing, Eb, on your topic of getting weird, of get weird. You know, this came about maybe last week when, you know, we we had kept bringing up saying the word God. We had different conversations we we had a conversation about expressing god in writing in podcast whatever it may be certain people coming to us saying with a kind of caveat of you know when you speak that way people might not be able to understand you people might not people might be vibrationally turned off just cuz they don't get it or because of the Americanized um, fear around the word God. And we had come around to also out of that. Well, first of all, we can't please everybody when you're creating back to the kind of artist as synonymous with spiritualist. Um, And also in terms of doing this, Eb, it's like Osho's thing, like rebel or a robot to get into this. You're rebellious. It's a rebellious act to really turn yourself over to the cosmos. Oh, completely. Because it's not what we're doing. You're breaking free from the material malaise that you speak of. Yep. So what? So getting weird. I mean, 
everything is sacred, dude. Getting weird is kind of a funny, maybe even blasphemous way to talk about tapping into the sacredness of life. Yeah. Good God, dude. Like, look at you. You're a human being. <laughs> the fuck? You're a fucking miracle. People, every every single person listening to this, you're a fucking human being. Like, you're so profound. It's a miracle you're here. The billions of fucking things that have to happen for you to come into this fucking form. You're God in flesh and form. You're encapsulated universal consciousness. The divine mind encapsulated into a fucking physical form. Holy fuck. We're going to fucking turn that into just let's buy shit and eat shit and drink shit and fuck shit and fucking like lose ourselves in the monotony of material malaise. Is that what it's about? That's fucking boring as fuck. I've never bought anything in my life that's brought me any peace long term. Not one fucking thing. The only thing I could say that is even close to that in this realm on the physical plane is buying your own property. Which in this he talks about, that's creating your temple. That's your temple, man. We all have to have a temple. Your body is the first temple. But you want to have a temple that's your place, that's your sacred space. That you can go in and be you. Completely, utterly. Have have solitude. You can have peace and serenity, and you can cultivate this temple of God for yourself. Right. And what's the Timothy Leary quote you said yesterday? Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna read that in a second. Oh, okay. Is I'm that read, in there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He talks about that. Okay. And let's not forget the Gita thing too. I'm gonna get to that too. But this was really. Uh, this one fucking blew my mind because this. I had this moment. It was like a DMT explosion in my brain. <sighs> Where all of a sudden the whole world made sense to me. My whole life made sense. That's to what me. this book has in it. Yeah. yeah. This is this is just the peace that comes from letting go and surrendering is incredible. Again and again it keeps coming back to letting go of our own will to have a plan about where we're going and a goal. It seems that we spontaneously align with the plan of God for us. I think that's the whole follow your bliss thing. It's really thy will be done, not mine. Jesus said it all. Love the Lord with all your heart and soul and your neighbor as yourself. That's it. There is no one out there but us. And if we can just put God first, Om first, offer the food up, offer the day up, Become conscious the first moment you wake up, think of God, then there is peace. Om Kali, kiss the palms of your hands. Notice which nostril you're breathing out of, right or left. I did this this morning. If you're breathing out of the left nostril, then get out of bed with the left foot. Oh, yeah. If you're breathing out of your right nostril, then get out of bed with the right foot. Start the day right. Start it with God. 
Give it to God. God seems to take it. An ordinary life turns into an incredible, delightful adventure. You don't bump into any edges anymore. This is what fucking blew my mind. Surrender to yourself as being God. Go through the great Christian blasphemy. I am God. Mm. Who's helping whom? In manifesting what I love to do, which is worship God and chant God's name and do the music. I love my voice and so I love singing and it comes naturally and I enjoy listening to it like an audience listens. Man, that's it. That's all I ever talk about. That's all I even care about bringing to anyone who listens or reads any fucking thing I do. Dude, the God, you are God. You, everything you do, your God purpose is in what you love to do. Yeah. So wait, what was the Christian blasphemy thing? Read that again. He says, chant, chant the Christian blasphemy. He says, go through the great Christian blasphemy. I am God. Right. See, that's, that's what we were talking about earlier with the, um, dual or non-dual but see i as you read that and what you had just finished with it's so you can do what you love to do so if we want to if somebody wants to come at this from a practical i dare say material sense hey guys what what why, why do i need to do this god stuff what, what why what are we doing the thing is and I've witnessed this personally, and I know you've witnessed this personally. When you get God in, which is like we discussed last episode, which is synonymous with truth, you start living from your heart. Yeah. So whether you're a real estate agent, whether you're a fashion designer, whether you're a preacher, whether you're uh, uh, an engineer, whatever, when you start living from God, if that's what you're supposed to do, you'll do it because it'll be coming from your heart and it's only going to flower. Dude, I've noticed since I've started really turning it over to whatever this is, my work has so opened up yeah. and flowered and it's like I'm only doing the things that I'm lovingly drawn to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like you, you trim the fat so immensely and it's similar to what you had read earlier when you get when you get that solitude and you get that depth on the inside all of the stuff out there becomes so much less interesting yeah yep and i'm not talking down on any of it by the way on, you on, might on listen what? to this you might go oh abby's high and mighty he's fucking Dude, I've been in it. I've been in it. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I don't hear that. I don't hear that in you. I don't hear that well, in you. Hey, everybody, if you want, Eb and I were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> if you want to read a, ah, fuck it. I won't say it. <laughs> You're giving it away. You're showing your hand, Fuck bro. it, brother. <laughs> um, we'll keep that tapped in. No, I've been, dude, I've been there. I've spent so much time <laughs> chasing the fucking shit. Chasing the yeah. the things only to come up short time and time again. And that's why I talk about this shit. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want. I really, I, I'm not telling you to do anything. 
Yeah, who cares, man? Who literally? Who well, cares? it's like you just said. It doesn't matter which we had come around. We yeah, had, uh, doesn't even matter. Do whatever you want to do. You're going to do that anyway. Yeah. So he says. But that's a profound thing because you can't you can't acknowledge God until you acknowledge yourself as God. Or at least you can't acknowledge God until you acknowledge God in yourself. Because you are part of this. Yeah. All the shit, all the things that are externally that you can go, oh, that's God, that's God. Oh, look at God happening in my life right here. Hey, you're not separate from that. Yeah, there's something weird to me. There's something off to me about about spirituality that puts God up on the... See, I was going to say puts God on a pedestal, but in my room I have Ganesh on a pedestal. Well... So, like, what do we... But you're honoring, you're honoring it. Yeah. You're honoring God in your work, dude. That writing this book that I just did was such a profound God experience. It brought me so close. It brought me into God. To the full full realization of oh fuck I'm just a particle of God I'm just a vehicle of God to express his her divinity that's what this is and we go around and we're trapped in the material malaise and all the shit and we fucking we do all that But the profane and the divine, the debauchery and the divinity, it's all one thing. God's in there too. God's in the fucking profane. In the grand scheme, when you pull all the way back out, when you pull all the way out from the microcosm to the macrocosm, and you see how that particle affects that particle and how the cells intertwine and the positive and the negative ions. There's the electrons, the nucleus, all the different aspects of it. Every single one. If you look directly at the one particle, it might not even make sense. But then you pull out to see the function of the entire cell, to see the function of the entire galaxy of the universe of a community, of a population, of a species, and it goes, oh, I get it. Everybody is fulfilling a very specific role. Even in the darkness in the shit, expressing the so-called evil, which is really ignorance. Because we can't say, yo, you know, Buddha's God, who's a really evil person of history. I mean, the easy one is Hitler. It's really easy to go, Hitler's not God. He's out there. But the dark reality, 
the true reality is there was God in there too. Well, if it's all a manifestation or if everything is an ingredient to get us closer to God. See, it's interesting. It's interesting because there's the ingredients that are God and then there's the ingredients that make up the greater soup that is God. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Elaborate. Well, it's like there is a God in energy outside of us but then we're also an ingredient of the god moving toward the god so it's this interesting dual and non-dual practice at the same time it really is so it's it's like even so if you take the hitler and the buddha standing side by side you have both of those entities that are manifestations in order for the further trajectory of karma to fully realize itself so you get to look at both sides of the coin and see i think that's a blessing of future generations is that the future generations get to look back on the previous karma which is kind of amazing right it's totally amazing which is one of the issues with cancel culture and the whole thing of like wanting to revise history and say that you know say that things weren't what they were or that this was really bad and we can't acknowledge that because it's the yin and the yang dude it's the darkness and the light you can't know what the right thing is unless you know what the fucking wrong thing is yeah like you said you can't juxtapose the good and the evil that's the blessing of the past is to show us what happens. Show us what happens when people are negligent, ignorant, and acting out of some egotistical framework. Yeah. We've seen it over and over again. So how can you go back through and go, you know what, this is really ugly. We're going to erase that from the history books. We're going to erase that because that didn't happen. And we're going to say that this happened. Okay. Well, then I guess we're doomed to repeat that thing again. Yeah. So here we go. Continuing on. I think Tim Leary was right. Everyone must create his own religion. You must start your own religion. I have my own religion Every sadhu has his own religion in India. They say every lama has his own religion in Tibet. Find the way you can genuinely be you. What do you like to do? Find God there. Yeah. Find out what your special gift is and where you find that connection. What really makes you happy and follow that way. I think this is important for this. Personally, I don't really like the New Age movement. This is the writing. I feel it's a conglomeration of surface skimming of so many different lesser mysteries like astrology, tarot, and occult practices. They're okay until we decide to make a huge leap of faith and go into the eternal deeply, where it turns from the occult to the mystical. This is a big problem that's unacknowledged. I find the New Age and its practices... A bit too light for people. 
I don't see it as a real spiritual trip. Although it's a start, I see it as a more materially minded way of collecting stuff, of distracting ourselves, of finding something else to turn our attention to. The problem is that the energy we can get going with some of this occult and psychic stuff can keep us from really experiencing a breakthrough into a real mystical path. Now, something I can say about that is all the plant medicine, ayahuasca, the toad, mushrooms, all that stuff. These are incredible keys, man. But if it just becomes about being the hip and trendy dude or chick who goes to the ayahuasca ceremonies a few times a year to get your spiritual fix, that's not the point. The medicine takes you to God. Now you have to have the spiritual practice to, to, to galvanize it, to anchor yourself into that revelation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter. Like you go and do a thousand ayahuasca trips. If you're not rooting down into God and living your life as though as though these fucking things that you're receiving are truth. You know, it's one of my, I love Joe Rogan to death. I love Joe. Super inspiring for me. But one of my issues with Joe is always that he doesn't, The dude's done his work, but he doesn't, he doesn't to me take the extra step to go, this is truth, which is good, I guess, to some extent to be completely open at all times to the point where you never really buy into anything. What is truth? Whatever it is, man, the, the revelations that he's received that, you know, he's received through his psychedelic journeys. You know, I think that Joe is great, I guess, because he's anchored into the unknown and his willingness and acceptance and openness to allow there to be, to just live in the unknown, which I think is very yogic. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess my my only gripe with Joe can be that he doesn't allow it to be uh, a concrete realization. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could feel that. I could feel that. Well, my res- I don't know. Do you want me to yeah. say anything? No, about- you I don't, don't have to. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. We need to break there are through things the to money, say, but okay. We need to break through the money, sex, and power trips we're on and find our way back to our hearts. Yeah. The heart is the real destination. Yep. Get out of your mind and into your heart. Well, we've talked about this endlessly, and we, I know. And we still I know. will. The keys, all of these things are merely keys to continue your journey. Yeah. Whether it be cannabis, whether it be food, whether it be tarot cards, whether it be thinking about astrology. Which I love all of that, by the way. Yeah. I love all that stuff. But I get his point. But what is he, what What exactly are we putting our finger on in terms of this is the deeper spiritual practice? What exactly are we saying there? Well, what he goes into 
is that your life is your devotion to God. Yeah. It's not about the thing. Right, right. Don't it's, get lost in the method. It's not about dipping your toe in. It's about being fully available to it. It's not about the 20 minutes of meditation. It's yeah, not about yeah. the once a day yeah. prayer. It's about my life is my sadhana. Yes. Yeah. It's my life. Every breath is a recognition of God. Right. Of, of spirit, of you, of universal divinity. Right. Working through me. And to me, back, which we've talked about back to the getting weird topic, it feels weird in the beginning. So you're weird. So you're weird and you're weird and you're weird and you're weird. And before you know it, you get to the point that we've talked about. Oh, my God. I'm saying God all the time. What's going on? (laughs) So it goes from weird. It's like weird is the catalyst toward fully incorporated into yourself. Yeah. So it's more about allowing yourself to get weird. Yes. Well, that was, see, that's what's so interesting about the bringing the flowers and the lavender to my little, to my little, uh, pujas. Right. To do my little puja offerings. That wasn't really a conscious thing. I was just, I got, I've gotten myself to a place to be open enough to just allow myself. And I just did it. I just started like pulling the lavender. And bring, and then I went. Oh, I'm going to bring this back to my little statue. I'm yeah, going to bring this it. back to my little skull, to my little picture of Sunny. I'm yeah. just going to bring these little offerings back. Yeah, as a token of my appreciation for the spirit therein. Yeah, and it just starts to like percolate. Yeah, it's like you're making a stew, man. Yeah, and you start throwing these ingredients in, and it starts to simmer. And you see the fucking bubbles and the, and the smells and the aromas. It starts to fucking coagulate and mingle and fucking fill the kitchen. And woo, then you're in it, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't, I guess my point is that it wasn't really a conscious thing. You know, it wasn't like I went, oh, today I'm going to go and pick some flowers for my little thing. For my little... What do you call those? Murtis. Murtis. Murti is like a, it's a Sanskrit word. I believe it means like, a, it's just like a sort of statue or something. Yeah. It's kind my, of like a, my little statue. And a puja, there. puja is your shrine. Yes. But you know, this is an, this is an evolution. Right. Dude, I had no idea. If I told you this is the person you were going to be a year from now, you'd look at me like you were fucking like I was nuts. I know. In the same way and vice versa. Yeah. You know, totally. think of, think back to like your first podcasts. Think I back know. to how heavy with not this isn't a judgment, but think back to how more material they were. Oh yeah. Think back to how much of more of a dissection of the concrete nature or the concrete realm those were yes now it's like you're flowing yes in energy exactly yeah it's really interesting you say that when i started this i thought to myself i'm gonna do interviews with interesting people about topics that i love (laughs) nutrition food the biohacking shit like whatever i'm gonna do that (laughs) <laughs> Which thank you know thank God I was inspired by Joe Rogan I I would say and to some extent well Joe's another key 
Joe's a key. He's he's like the fucking acid. Tab. In the same way for him, Diaz is a key. I mean, it's all keys for everybody. Everybody's getting different keys, right? But go ahead, anyway. No, but to your point, this show has completely evolved into spirituality, consciousness exploration, and literally whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is we're getting at least one episode out a week. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. It might be an interview with a scientist. Might be an interview with a fucking carnivore, meat-eating, devoted uh, weightlifter. Yeah. It might be just a, a fucking riff on getting weird or life is ritual. Yeah. Coming into God. Yeah. I love that. Love that recognition. So here's here's one of the last things I want to say here. Do you want to have God? Do you want to know God? Then you have to be God because God dwells in you. It's not an ego trip. It's not a power trip. It's just the opposite. All that power leaves you. It's an amazing experience to feel your body as big as the universe and transparently empty. To feel your body as small as an atom, just a little speck of dust. Life is a journey to death, a journey home. The more we can die now, the more we are prepared for the journey. <laughs> Oh. Ooh. that's it dude wow that's the power brother I don't think we should do the I think we should do a Gita episode of itself I don't yeah. think we should do that yeah I want to do that lot. too that's a big thing to process yeah the Bhagavad Gita that's really I read that every morning now yeah the Bhagavad Gita, man, is something, it's so fucking profound. Yeah. Well, let me finish it, then we'll get into it. Yeah. I'm reading, this is like the second time I've read it. But that's amazing, you know? We're we're all walking each other home, as they say. We're all walking each other home. That's and as true. soon as it turns into us versus them, it doesn't work. It's about we. And unfortunately or fortunately in America and in many places across the globe to our friends in the UK and Denmark, etc., wherever you guys are, it's a bit weird to fall for God. And when I say fall, fall in love. But that's okay because you'll notice when you do that, you become so much more light. People love to be around you. The people that you would want around you in the first place are going to be around you. Things are going to flourish. Because you just start being honest. You know, I was thinking, could I be... Could I participate in a material trap now? I just couldn't. I just don't think I, I just wouldn't be able to because it's all lying. 
you're all sort of there's a lot of toxins in there. What does that mean though? What? To you participating what? in a material trap. So the first thing that comes to mind is looking at social media. Could I be somebody? And this is not a judgment. This is just this is just surveying the landscape of humanity, let's say. Could I be the person that only post photos with their car and their Louis Vuitton belt. Hey, I'm going to let you know if Eb sells the ebb and flow and he makes $10 million or I sell Marfa and I make $10 million, I'm going to buy a Ferrari and I'm going to drive to big Sur and camp with the Ferrari. So if you see me with the Ferrari, I'm just telling you what, what the deal is. But but anyway, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I do know. I don't know. It's just about the cool thing is that the deeper we dive into our spirituality, the more honest we get with how we want to live our life. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'd buy fun. A truck. I buy. I'm gonna buy. A well, you buy the truck. I'm gonna truck. get the Ferrari. I have this thing where I just want to like drive a Ferrari. Up the coast. From here to Seattle or something for fun. I love you know? that idea. And like camp the whole way. And then leave it. I want to like leave it on the beach. <laughs> I love that. And just uh, maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how attached I am. <laughs> uh, I mean, see, I think that is the. That is. The dance. Because it's really, it's not about the thing. It's about getting lost in the thing. Yes. Yeah. He has this line in here that I've been, I I yell out when we're on hikes or wherever. Uh And Gus laughs. But Bhagavan Das has this incredible motto saying that is sort of laced throughout the whole book. It's lost in the bhava. Yeah. We're lost in the bhava. And the bhava, bhava is the Sanskrit word for the divine mood. Which I love. And you get lost in the bhava. You're just lost in God. You're you're lost in your inner world. You're lost in the seeking of the deeper and deeper realms of yourself. And lost is in a good sense here, right? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if there's anything wrong with ever being lost. Yeah. Being lost is a great place to begin. To honor. Isn't it? Yeah, to honor for sure. I was on a hike with a good buddy of mine last week or a couple days ago. Heavy day, man. Monday was a heavy, dark day. A lot of crazy energy. And uh, we were talking and he said, man, I'm having a really difficult time. And this is a guy I have a ton of respect for. And I love this guy. And he's very, very evolved being. And he said to me, man, I'm really having a difficult time reading myself right now. Huh. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. And I said to him, I said, you know, man, just honor that. Be with that. Because here you are and you're trying to see around this thing. You're mm-hmm. trying to look around. Why can't I read myself? 
why can't I see what I'm what I'm feeling or honor what I'm feeling or why can't I really be clear on I'm not clear I'm so muddy and murky I'm in the murky water and I said every time I felt like that I just be with that yeah oh okay I'm totally chaotic right now it was like in yoga this morning yeah some yoga classes I go in, I fucking, I'm like a superhero. I, I amaze myself. I'm like, how did I even do this? Yeah. I don't, I didn't even realize I had this much energy. I didn't have, realize I had this much juice. Today I was literally looking at everything I could to get out of doing the thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm completely exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going, well, Eb, you got this going on and pop-up just passed and you're going to have to go back east next week. And, you know, you got a lot going on. And I just sat there and I'm like, dude, everybody has a lot going on. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah. You're fucking blown out. Okay, let's be blown out. Mm -hmm. Let's take a knee. (laughs) Yeah. And just surrender and feel the heart beating and fucking breathe, man. Yeah. So being lost is a beautiful thing, man. You know, and with the material shit, just don't get lost in it. Enjoy it. Fuck, dude, we're here. Might as well enjoy the shit if it calls to you. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, bro. We're going to buy the fucking Ferrari. We're going to buy the fucking ranch. We're going to fucking do it all. We're going to have the private jet. (laughs) Why not? Why not? But we're not going to, that's not what life is going to be about. Yeah. We did that already. Exactly. Been there. Yeah. Life is sacred, man. Life is sacred. Get weird. Allow yourself to get fucking weird. Talk to your dog. I talk to, talk to your dogs. Oh yeah. He has a whole thing in there about like engaging with your dogs, with your animals. And that's God right in there. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. He's like, feel the earth beneath your feet. Look at the trees. Look at the rocks. Acknowledge God in all of it. And then the shit starts to talk to you, man. That sounds insane to someone wholly identified in the material realm. But, dude, nature fucking speaks to me. What do you believe? What do you believe is real? What do you believe is possible? Because your perception of reality is based on the lens of belief that you're looking through. You're a prism. A prism. P-R-I-S-M. You're a prism that light and God pass through. And your perception of reality is based on the prism of your being. Get weird, y'all. Pick the flowers. Smell the flowers. Pick the flowers. Bring the flowers. Offer the flowers. Offer your fucking life up, dude. Every time you sit down to a meal, acknowledge the plants and animals that sacrifice their flesh to provide that meal to you. To nourish your mind, body, and spirit. God's there, dog. 
Love it. What do you think? Closing arguments? Words? No. no. Thoughts? See how weird feels. Get weird. Get weird, baby. See how it feels for you and see what that looks like for you. I'm doing that daily and nightly. Me too. Getting man. weirder and weirder until the weird starts to melt into the truth. Into the truth of who I really am. And who I really want to be. I love it, bro. Who do I really want to be? Who do you want to be? That's what I've got. Love that, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Namaste. What a ride, brother. What a ride. What a ride. <laughs> it's beautiful. You've been on this ride for a thousand lifetimes. Exactly. Check out Bhagavan's book. It's here now, are you? It's here it's re- now, are really you? Really wonderful book. If this spiritual stuff really speaks to you, I know a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys seem to love the Life is Ritual pod. That was very much inspired by this book as I've read it. It's here now, are you? A spiritual memoir, Bhagavan Das. Incredible book. It's it's really an addendum to Ram Das's Be Here Now. I highly recommend both. And that's about it, y'all. I love you guys so much. Thank you for joining this ride, for being here with us. Um, if you want more dope content, if you want the bonus Ebb and Flow episode every week, join the Power Tribe, y'all, on patreon.com forward slash eds britain that'll all be in the show notes lots of love to you guys i'll see y'all on the flip side have an epic rest of your day peace